Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 3, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Notice in verse 13, as he gets into the sermon, He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied. Now, I want to point out something that you could miss. I want you to notice something. Peter quickly takes the attention off of himself. Note this. He takes the attention off of himself. Peter takes the attention off of the miracle, and he puts the attention on the Lord. And he does that quickly. This is actually a really short sermon. And he does it quickly. He turns the the sermon away from man and to Christ, and he keeps it Christ-centered. Peter says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, sent Jesus to you, but you have rejected him. You have delivered him up, and you have denied him. I cannot help but think, Peter, when he said the words, and you have denied him, I can't help but think that Peter is thinking about the time in which he denied the Lord. Remember Jesus said and told Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter denied the Lord. And Peter never forgot. You know, there's some things, and maybe I'm the only one, but there's some things that happen in your life and things that you do in your life that you wish you had never done. Is that me and Tim? Me and 10 people, all right. Some of y'all like... (laughs) Of course we all. We're we're sinners. I mean, we really are. And we've got a fleshly nature. And there's always a battle going on. We've all done things that we we don't forget. And Peter, the same way. His denial of the Lord, he never forgot it. And every time he preaches, he writes about it. And he says, I deny the Lord. He writes about it. And here he's saying to those guys, you deny the Lord. I know that he's very sensitive to that. Peter is saying, you know what? I understand that. Peter never forgot it. And history tells us that people never forgot it. Remember I told you that as Peter would be preaching in an open air, probably happened here as he's in Solomon's porch and he's preaching this awesome sermon. History tells us that people would see Peter preaching and people would stand in the back as he was preaching and they would would crow like a rooster. Peter's preaching about Jesus and you delivered him up and you denied him. And Peter would hear. And that had to be painful to remember. And people continue to remember. So Peter is saying, listen, you guys denied him. I understand about this whole denial thing because I denied him. Peter says, look, you guys delivered him up when Pilate was going to let him go. You denied the Holy One and desired a murderer instead. Don't you remember the story? They screamed, crucify him. And they let Barabbas, a wicked, violent murderer, go free instead of Jesus. 
See, Peter's not letting them off the hook. Peter's preaching a powerful sermon here. Nobody taught Peter how, uh, uh, Peter never read the book, how to win friends and influence people. He's like, you denied him and you delivered him up. You crucified him. You had him crucified when Pilate was going to let him go. But you denied him. You see, Peter's giving it to him. But now notice Peter says, you denied him and killed. Look at it again in verse 15. You killed the prince of life. In my Bible, you can write this in your margin. That is a striking paradox. You killed the prince of life. You killed the author of life. You killed the source of life. You killed the originator of life. Jesus is the author, the source, and the originator of life. Amen, saints? Jesus. And that brings to my remembrance or causes me to think of Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven. As a matter of fact, it's on the screen. Why don't you read it with me? For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And the next page, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. In him, listen, all things consist. In the Greek language, this word consist literally means held together. Paul is saying, in Christ, all things are created by Jesus, they are for Jesus, and they exist through his power. All things, everything you see exists because, listen, watch this, Jesus is holding everything together. Had you ever thunk it? Jesus is holding everything together. We learned this in eighth grade science. Of course, now it's college level stuff. Eighth grade science. In the center of an atom, listen to me closely. In the center of an atom, you have protons and neutrons, and electrons are spinning around the outside of the nucleus of the atom. We know that. Scientists don't know, and I've told you this before here at Calvary Chapel, scientists don't know what holds the positive charged protons in the nucleus of the atom. Scientists do not know what keeps them from repelling. Now, I was just talking in my office between services this morning to a brother here in the fellowship, and, and he's here in the sanctuary now, so I better get my stuff right. Um, <laughs> he, he's a physics major, and we were talking about this. I wanted to get my facts straight. Amen. It's spiritual to get your facts straight. So we're talking in the office, and, we were, and he was explaining to me, and I've explained to you in the past that many, many years ago, what holds... The, the, the protons, what keeps them from repelling? Many, many years ago, way back in the early 80s, as I understand it, they used to call it the uh, atomic glue. But here in, 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 in our time today, 
what holds the protons together? What keeps them from repelling? Do you know that scientists now, they do not refer to it as atomic glue. They call it the collagen force. Hello, are y'all getting that? Put the, put the collagen verse back up there. Y'all got to get this, okay? You see, well, here's the deal. We know as Christians, this is how it works. We know as Christians, the average Christian, the brand new Christian, the Christian just gave your life to Christ yesterday, knows something that scientists are just discovering. That we know that it is Jesus, it is the word of his power that's holding everything that we see together. Everything you see, this pulpit, this wood oak pulpit, it is by his word, it's by his power that all things consist. All things are being held together. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, let me have that verse, 2 Peter 3, 10, basically tells us that there is coming a day, you listen, there is coming a day when God, when Jesus is going to let everything go. And when he lets everything go, everything you see is going to explode. Just like that. You know, we think that, you know, God's going to, you know, P- Peter talks about everything's going to melt with a fervent heat. Everything's going to burn. We think God's going to, you know, do some magic or some hocus pocus or say some words and something's going to happen. Listen, no, the Bible says that he's just simply going to let everything go. And when he lets everything go, he just takes his hands off of it. Everything that we see is going to melt with a fervent heat. Scientists know that. Scientists know that now. Everything you see, your house, your car, your vacation home, is all going to burn, baby, burn. That's what the Bible says. That's why you don't want to put too much stock in this earth. That's why you want to keep your focus on heaven. Because everything you see is going to someday dissolve and be gone. That's what Peter says. He's the prince of life. Jesus is the prince of life. Then that's an astounding statement. I mean, think about this. Just think about that. With that idea of God holds everything together. Think about this. When the soldiers blindfolded him and beat him, Jesus was holding together the knuckles that hit his face. Jesus was holding everything together, the nerve endings that, that, that felt the pain. When they took him and they scourged him, Jesus was holding together the scourge that was striking his back and shredding his back. When the Roman soldiers jammed the crown of thorns on his head, it was Jesus who was holding the thorns together as they went through his head. Jesus held together the hammer that they used to nail him to the cross. Jesus was holding together the spikes that went through his hands and his feet. You see, Peter says, guys, you've rejected him. You've denied him. You've delivered up the prince of life, but God raised him from the dead. Why? Because the Bible's very clear. Death could not hold him. You see, the cross was man's final word. The empty tomb is God's final word. God raised him from the dead. And Peter says, this man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. Look at verse 16. This man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. Now, let me just share something with you really quickly. The Greek word, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The Greek word for name is onama, onama, O-N-O-M-A, onama. 
Onama, the name, is not just a title. You know, people throw Jesus' name around far too often, in my opinion. It's not just a title. You know, when you say in the name of Jesus, you're not just saying a title. I hear it on TV all the time, and quite honestly, sometimes it's just weirdness. As people use the name of Jesus, and they touch people and slap them on the forehead, and you know, in the name of Jesus. I was listening to one guy, and he like held the S a really long time. He was like, in the name of Jesus. like, dude, how about you go hold that ass, man? The name of Jesus. You know, you got to understand something. His name is holy. This is one thing about Jewish people that I love. They consider God's name so holy that they would not even say it. When a Jewish people pray, and you can talk to an Orthodox Jew today, when he prays, he will not even speak the name of God. When he gets to the name of God in his prayer, he would say the name. He would say the name. He would never say the name of God. They would never even write the name of God. They might write G-D, but they will never, because God's name is holy. You know, somebody once said that the name of Jesus is the sweetest name to ever roll off the lips of men. Isn't that true? His name is different than our name. His name is power. Jesus' name is power. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, the Onama of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is what, saints? Lord. That he's Lord. His name is holy. We should be careful not to throw around his name and use it as some kind of magical tagline. Everything we say, whatever we desire, in Jesus' name, just because we said in Jesus' name, that makes it right. That makes it so, and that makes it going to happen. No, the Onama, his name is holy. His name, the Onama, speaks of everything that he is. It speaks of everything he is. You look up in Strong's Concordance 3686. Strong's Concordance 3686 will tell you His name speaks of everything that he is, everything that he is. He's the savior of the world. He's a great physician. He's our strong tower. He's the healer of all our diseases. The Bible says that he is a captain of our soul. The Bible says whether the world knows it or not, he is the desire of all nations, whether they know it or not. It speaks of everything that he is. He is our redeemer. Everything that he is, the most beautiful name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Somebody wrote the song, there's just something about that name. Saints, say amen. So true. His name's different. I mean, think about it, different, Muhammad. It doesn't feel powerful. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. I guess I'm not sorry. But it's not, I mean, Buddha. Buddha. I mean, Buddha. Ain't, Buddha. Anybody, anybody name their kid Buddha? B- Buddha. Krishna. You name your kid Krishna lately? I mean, maybe you name your daughter Lucretia, but, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Tamika, Shaquita, whatever, Shaquanda, I don't know. Whatever you name her, there's no power. Look, Rodney. 
Wait a minute, that does sound kind of powerful. It does have a certain ring. No, it doesn't. That's why you're laughing. It doesn't. But the name of Jesus, there's something about that name. That's very true. Gosh, I got to move on. Look at verse 17. Acts 3, verse 17. You're still with me? Say amen. amen. Yet, Peter goes on now. He's still preaching this sermon. Yet now, he says, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be, that your sins, what sins? The sins of killing the word of life, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, so that the times of refreshing, would you underline that? The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration, that's the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ, until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses, Peter says, truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet, Jesus, like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be, in verse 23, that every soul who will not hear that prophet, who's that, saints? Jesus, shall be utterly destroyed from among the people." Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophet and of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, singular, that is a reference to Jesus, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, Mr. Jew, verse 26, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Turning away from your iniquities. Well, Peter, notice, give me your attention, has been pretty hard on him. But now he says their rejection of Jesus wasn't deliberate. It was out of ignorance. They didn't realize what they were doing. Don't you remember Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing? But even though they were ignorant, it didn't excuse them. Peter says, repent. That means to change your mind. You were ignorant and you killed the prince of life. You took a murderer over him in your sin and in your ignorance. But now you need to repent. Now, repentance is more than just recognizing your sin. It literally means to recognize your sin, to feel sorry, and then quit it. That's what it means. And it means to turn around and go the other way. Repent of your sins so that Jesus can forgive your sins and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Now again, this refers to the millennial kingdom. The millennial or the thousand year reign of Christ are spoken of, is spoken of as times of refreshing. It's during the millennial reign of Christ that Jesus, the Messiah, will sit in Jerusalem and rule the earth. In the knowledge of the Lord, the Bible says in that thousand year reign, will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. During the millennial reign, every man in Israel will sit beneath his vine and beneath his fig tree, and he'll rest. There won't be any need for military in the millennial reign of Christ because the Bible says that we will study war no more in the millennial reign. 
The Bible says in the kingdom, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, not the lion and the lamb. Remember we talked about that? The Bible says the wolf and the lamb, not the lion and the lamb. Sorry to mess up. You got to go home and throw all those pictures away. The lion and the lamb. We're going to buy the pictures of the lion and the lamb. I saw one that was too expensive. I'm like, what is up with Christian merchandising? I mean, that thing was like a thousand bucks. I'm like, hey, I, I, I can draw some stick people. I mean, you know, I can draw me something. I ain't buying that. Bible doesn't say lion and the lamb. The Bible says the wolf and the lamb will lie down. That's peace. And then the baby will be able to play on the hole of a snake in the millennial kingdom. Times of refreshing. But also when I think of times of refreshing, I think of two things in my life. Number one, it was a time of refreshing when I gave my life to Jesus. You know, there was a day when I, I, I was, you know, I wasn't born a Christian. Don't say amen. I wasn't born a Christian. And, and, and I remember leaving work on a Friday and coming back on Monday, and I was different because I gave my life to Christ on that weekend. And, and it was a time of refreshing. I remember when I, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, I remember a burden feeling like it was lifted off my shoulders. Is there anybody? I felt like a burden was released. I was carrying sin and guilt and shame and bitterness and unforgiveness and all of these things that I was carrying. But when I gave my life to Christ, there was a burden lifted and it was a time of refreshing. That was one time I remember. And then the second thing I remember in terms of times of refreshing was when I walked into a church that was teaching the Bible. And I will never forget, it was a time of refreshing. We went to a Calvary Chapel first Sunday, had been in church for five years. And I remember times when we were in church and, and I was listening to the word, and, and I just didn't understand it. I mean, I, I just didn't understand. I didn't get it. I mean, for five years, I listened to teaching over and over and over and over. I went to church all the time, and I didn't understand it. And I felt less spiritual because everybody else in the congregation of the church were like, amen, pastor, preach, pastor, it's awesome, pastor, yeah, pastor, that's right, pastor. And I'm listening to going, I don't get it. Am I the only one? I mean, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And then I went to a church, a Calvary Chapel, I will never forget it. The first Sunday there, we were all dressed up, Elvira and I. (laughs) People came up to us and said, you must be visitors. I said, how you know? They said, well, because you look so nice. <laughs> I said, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, and you know, and, 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 and I remember sitting on the back row of this church, and it was a, a small Calvary chapel. The pastor was just standing there teaching the word of God. They didn't have the band and all this stuff. They had just two people on a guitar standing there singing. The pastor spoke the word. And I remember my wife and I sitting together. I remember we were like all dressed up. And I'm looking over at her and she's looking over at me. And I was weeping. And she was weeping. And we were weeping because it was a time of refreshing. Because I never understood the Bible until that day. When I heard that man just simply teaching the word simply, I got it. And I left and I said, that's the first time in all of my Christianity that I actually left church and heard something that I understood and could go home and talk to my wife about it. And maybe many of you after first service, people came up to me and said, Pastor, that was me when I first walked into this church. It was a time of refreshing for me because I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't, couldn't believe it. I, 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 and now I've been coming and I got to unlearn everything that I learned and learn what the Bible really says. And this is a time of refreshing. 
of getting to know the word of God and understanding the things of God. And yes, Lord, we want to forget what we think we know. That we might lay hold of what your word has to say. That we might have a time of refreshing in our lives. And since that day, I have studied the word, know the word. And every time that I read the Bible, I'm refreshed. I'm so excited to come to church. I'm so excited to share the, the, whatever little bit that God gives me. I'm excited to share it. I've had 20, I don't know how many years I've been a Christian. <laughs> 23 years of being refreshed by the word of God. Peter says, listen, people, fellas, men of Israel. Men refers not just men, gender, men, human folk. If you repent because you have killed the prince of life, for you, times of refreshing will come. God will forgive you. God will restore you. God will change you. But you have to repent and turn. Turn away from what you've done. That's the God we serve. The God who's always pouring out. Jesus said, come to me. If you're thirsty, I'll give you. Times of refreshing. And may we continue to experience those times in the Word of God. I'm so thankful that we are a church that continues in this. In this. Not about any man. It's about the glory of the Lord. Amen, saints. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.